Welcome to the Renaissance Podcast. If you would like to participate in online worship, sermons, and children's programs, then check out the Renaissance Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Now, let's get started. Hi, my name is Josh. I'm one of the leaders here at Ren. Yes, that's awesome I get to say that. Um, it has been quite a journey uh, getting our family here uh, from Texas. Uh, six kids, uh, two fish and a dog. Um, it's, been, uh, it's been fun. We're almost unpacked. Huge shout out to my wife, Jen. She has done the lion's share of the, uh, the moving and the unpacking, and it's just been, uh, she's amazing. Um, and I like her a lot. Uh, so it, listen, I remember walking the streets of Decatur with, uh, with Jeff and, uh, and another leader it, it, several years ago, this is before Wren was, uh, was a thing. It was a Bible study in, uh, in a living room and, and we, we dreamed about what it would look like to plant a church, uh, in downtown Decatur, uh, what it would look like to fill the Lincoln theater. And, uh, so those were some, some, uh, uh cool times of, of, of walking the city and, and, uh, praying and dreaming. And, uh, so to, to be watching from a distance. And, and now to see uh, everything that, that it has become has uh, just been uh, really amazing for me to then now be a part of. Um, listen, if you could take out um, uh, your, your phone, whatever device you're, you're looking on right now, I just want to honor uh, Jeff and Stacy. If, um, if you came to salvation because of Renaissance, if you have grown in the Lord because of, of the work that has, has happened here at Ren, uh, I just want you to, you know, if you need to direct message him a quick quick little note a story um, or if you want to post it um, blast it out on social media we just want to really honor our leaders and and uh, thank them for being faithful to to Christ Jeff's probably going to hate this but uh, but it's it's because of, of the Jesus he's going to point everything to Jesus and uh, that's what I'm doing I'm pointing to the Jesus that's in Jeff and Stacy and we just want to honor them as as the leaders um, when Jeff asked me to speak uh, one of the first things that came to my mind was this word Selah. And uh, I, I have to be honest with you, I thought I knew what it, it meant. You know, I'd grown up in church, been around the church world for uh, a long time, been a pastor. And, and so it, it was, you know, this is just churchy word. And I thought, well, of course I know the meaning of that. And uh, w- when I actually looked it up, I found out uh, the reason we call it Selah is because it's not even, it's not translated because nobody knows what it means. Now, like I tell my kids, context clues, like we kind of have a, a, an idea of what it means, but it's one of those words that, that uh, didn't get translated and was probably added later. Uh, find out that it's, it's, it's probably a musical notation, you know, to, to tell the instrumentalist, hey, why don't you keep playing while they're reflecting on this uh, stanza. It's only found in Psalms and, and Habakkuk. Um, but what it, d- it did do was lead me to the thought that I had. And you've probably had those, those times, even with, uh, um, you know, you, you think you know a movie, you know, the, the quote from Star Wars, Luke, I am your father. Shocker, you can look it up. You can press pause and do it now if you want. I don't care. Uh, it's just, I am your father. There's no Luke, I am your father. It's just, I am your father. So sometimes we remember things and they, they're not the meaning that we have. But thank God that we have 
the Word of God that we can go back to. And so even though we pick up things from, from well-meaning pastors and, and teachers or our memory just remembers it wrong, just like that movie quote, uh, we can go back to the Word of God and we can, uh, we can look and, and find the truth. So if we've, we've picked up a concept or if we picked up you know, some of those words that, that uh, don't have the meaning that we thought they did, uh, we have the Word of God that we can go back to. Um, so what it led me to was this, uh, really this, this, in this chaotic season, to take, to take a pause and, and uh, uh, pull away and make space, make space for spending time uh, with the Father. The, the point behind that, that, that word sailor was to, to pause and reflect on, on what was written. And, uh, and that's what, what led me to this, this, this idea of pausing and uh, pulling away and spending time with the Father. I think we, a lot of times we have these, um, these ideas of what it looks like to, uh, to spend time with God. And, and it's, it's about coming and saying a lot of stuff. Like we feel like we've got to fill the, the, the time with, with us talking about our needs. And the Bible does say that. It says, make your requests known to God. Don't be anxious for anything. Cast your cares, your burdens, because he's able to, to take them. He uses language like uh, his yoke is easy. What is a yoke? It's like this agrarian term. This, picture this big old oxen carrying this load of this cart behind him. This is, that's the yoke. And he's saying, listen, I'm able to carry a pretty large load. So all your burdens and all your cares, I want you to cast them on me. So he, he does want us to come. And he does want us to bring our cares and our burdens and our, our anxieties. He tells us not to be anxious for anything, but with everything with prayer and supplication, make our requests known to God. So he does want us to come and with our needs and with those things. And we pray for the needs of others. Um, but how many times do we just come and decide to have a two-way conversation? It's not just that one-way conversation of us saying a lot of stuff, but really listening and making space for the Lord to speak to us. And so that was really uh, the thought that, that began me uh, on this journey. So if this is all you get out of this morning, hear me when I, when I say this. Um, God delights in you. He knows you intimately. The Bible says he knows the number of hairs that are on your head or how many have migrated away from your head and are growing in other places. He knows you better than you know yourself. And the Bible says his thoughts towards you are more than the number of, of the grains of sand on the seashore are greater than the number of stars that are in the sky. He, he loves you intensely. He says he's delights in you. He calls you the apple of his eye. And we even heard Jeff a couple weeks ago talk about your value. Um, you are that, that treasure that was hidden in the field. And that's a relationship that, that we have with the Father that is one who, who loves us. We know that he intensely loves us and he wants to have this relationship. We go all the way back to the beginning, the Genesis, and we see that, that God would, would meet them in the garden in the cool of the day. And it was that, that sin that, that separated, that broke that relationship. Um, but because of the work that Jesus did, that finished work on the cross, we're able now approach, it says in, in Hebrews, approach his throne of grace with a freedom and a confidence, with a boldness. We can come before the, the, the Father we have, have direct access because of the finished work of Jesus. So that, that, that sin that broke that relationship, that we, we've kind of see, seen this, this, all of Scripture is this getting us back to this relationship with the Father where we can make space. And we actually see some guys um, in Scripture. Uh, one of them is David. 
Um, he was uh, a king. Maybe you've, you've heard of him. Um, David and Goliath is one of the, the, the major stories there uh, in David's life. And um, that's kind of what I want to key in on today. So 1 Samuel 17, if you want to turn there. But so David has eight other brothers, right? And he's, he finds himself um, alone because his brothers are doing the important stuff. His brothers are off at war. And so he's, he finds himself often on the hillside. And, and we, can, we can gather from Scripture that what David is doing is spending time with the Father. He's making space. Uh, we can gather from Scripture that David is building instruments to use in, in worship. Uh, in fact, Saul asked, the King Saul asked him uh, to come. And when he was tormented by a, uh, an evil spirit, he would ask David to, to play. And David was this up-and-coming worship leader, right? And he would come and he would play his, his instruments and it would bring peace. And so we see David developing this relationship with the Father as he's making space on that hillside. His brothers are off doing the, the, the battle, doing the war thing. And his dad, in fact, sends him. He says, listen, I want you to take this, 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 this grain and this bread to your brothers. Take some cheese to their, their commanders. And so he goes with some crackers and cheese. And, and he, he goes to the front lines. And uh, he sees this, this giant, Goliath. And many of you know the story. And, and uh, Goliath is talking bad about this father that he has spent time with on the hillside. Goliath is defying uh, the Lord. And, and so David, David kind of gets incensed a little bit. And uh, that, that's where I want to pick us up in Scripture in, in 1 Samuel 17. Now David was the, the son of the Ephrathite of Bethlehem in Judah named Jesse. Uh, Jesse had eight sons. And in the days of Saul, the man was already old and advanced in years. David was the youngest the three eldest followed Saul, but David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep in Bethlehem. See, the, old, the other brothers were doing the important battle stuff, and David's got to take care of the sheep, and he's, he's the gopher, he's the intern, he's the one going back and forth. Right? And Jesse said to David, his, his son, take your brothers and take this grain, take the cheese, take the crackers, right? And take these to the commander. So if your, your brothers are well, tell them to send me back a token, right? And David, David rose early in the morning, and he left the sheep with a keeper, and he took provisions, and he went. And as, just as his father had told him. And he came to the encampment as the host was going out to the battle line, shouting the war cry. So here he is, and he gets to see for himself this giant, this, this Goliath, really defying the armies of the Lord and defying God. And David said to the men who stood by him, he said, what shall be done to the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? He's, he's pretty like, that's, that's really one of the worst things they could say. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine, right? Who is this, who, who is this guy that def, defies the armies of God? And uh, later David would say to the king, he'd say to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go out and fight the Philistine. Listen, bet, I'm going to go ahead and take this guy on. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against this Philistine to fight him, for you are but a youth, and he has been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. See, and then he begins to, to recount this. Time. Listen, I used to spend some time on the hillside, and I used to, to make space for God and his presence. 
and I learned a lot of things when I was in isolation, when I was in quarantine, if you will. He said, I went after and, and uh, when, a, when a lion or a bear took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered him out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by the beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears. And this is this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. First, I would say to David, excessive and aggressive, maybe. I mean, it's a it's a lamb and here's some lion and bears. But but David really found that boldness to go after anything that would come against him because of the time that he was spending with the father, because of the space that he was making for the presence of God. And here's David, the Lord, he's given credit to to God, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And so Saul says to David, go and the Lord be with you. And of course, we know the story. The Lord was with him and he and he fights. Uh, he fights Goliath and he def- defeats um, the giant. Right. And it's this 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 very well known story. But he was able to face that giant because of where he was on the hillside because of of the space that he made for God and his presence, because of the space that he made for the Father. And that that would really be what I would challenge you. Are you you making space for that two-way conversation? Not just, are you coming with needs? Yes, do that. Don't don't change the the way you're praying. But I'm saying, are you you also making space for God to, to speak back to you? Are you making space just to spend time in his presence and hear what he would have to say. For me, it took a, it took a pandemic to remember that I wasn't doing that enough. For me, it took uh, my world being kind of put in chaos, much like yours was probably. You know, Now I'm working from home. Now my routines aren't the same. I'm no longer to go to church. I'm not able to go to, to restaurants. I'm not able to do the things that, that I was uh, you know, so used to doing and my routines all off. And, and it took that to remind me that I wasn't spending time to make space for the presence of God. Was I reading my Bible? Was I praying? Yes, I was doing those things, but was I making the space enough space for the father to, to then speak back to me? And so I, re- I remembered back to there was a season where I was praying and I was spending time fasting and um, there's several different kinds of, of, of fasts that the Bible talks about, but this was, this was just uh, water. I was just, uh, I was fasting um, and just drinking water and, and spending time in God's word and, and really just spending a season um, seeking the Lord and, and to hear his voice. And, and out of one of those, those times where I was making space for the father, I felt him say um, to reach out to my grandpa now, you got to understand my, my grandpa. He's a World War II, Korean War vet. Um, he was one that I, I loved and had a great respect for, but he wasn't one that I cuddled up in his lap, right? In fact, I'd never called my grandpa on the phone. Um, I had a great respect for him, a great love for him, but he wasn't one that I would be like, oh, God, you're asking me to reach out? Easy. Bet. Let me pick up the phone. And, uh, but his birthday was coming up, uh, and, and I felt like, okay, I'm going to write him a letter put it in a birthday card, send it out to him. And so my grandpa was, was Catholic and he finds himself in his eighties and, and towards the end of his life. And, and he was trying to make sure that his good outweighed his bad. And that's how he knew 
um, he was going to be better with God. Maybe not even right with God, but kind of going in the right direction. So if he wasn't able to go to Mass that week, he wouldn't go out to eat. He wouldn't go out of the house. He wouldn't go to the store. It was almost like, if I can't go to Mass, then I'm I'm not going to do anything else. And so that was kind of the mentality he, he had. And so when God asked, really put it on my heart to, to reach out to him, I was telling him about the finished work of Jesus on the cross. That was, that was what the, the whole letter was about. It was about, it's, listen, it's not, of, not about your works. Uh, the Bible says that we're saved by grace through faith, not of our works. That way we can't boast about it. It's not even about us. It's about what Jesus did. We don't have to be good because Jesus is good. And so I sent that letter off and, and the happy birthday and, and felt that, okay, I feel like I did what God asked me to do. And um, so my grandpa gets that letter and they have a, a, a big birthday party for him. And he, he actually took that card and that letter to his, his birthday party and he, he passed the letter around. And uh, what I didn't know is later that week, my grandpa would, would pass away. And uh, they asked me to read that letter at his wake, at his funeral. And so here, here is the love, right? Here is the, the value that the, the father puts on us, that he would ask a grandson who was making space to hear, right? To hear from the father, to, to write to his grandfather in the last week of his life to encourage him and to let him know that, listen, it's all about the finished work of Jesus on the cross. It's not about your good works. And I believe that my, my grandfather was able to put his faith in the, the work that Jesus did and not try to, to be good enough. And it was because I was making that, that time, I was making that space, that I was able to, to hear what the Lord would have to say. And, and I would say there are, that the God, is, God is speaking. The Father is speaking to you. He's speaking to me. And are we making time to set aside to hear? Do we, do we even... Would you say you, you know what the voice of the Lord sounds like? Because that is also a journey as you begin to make space for the Father and you begin to wrestle with, is that me? Is that the pizza I had last night? Is that, the, you know, is that just the voice in my head? And there, there is, is a couple of filters that you put on it. Like, obviously, if it's, it may, may not, maybe not obviously, but if it lines up with, with the Word of God, if it's, if it's something that, that God has already said, if it's something that, that matches his character, if it's something that matches who he is, then you can say, yeah, that's, that's, that's the voice of God. That's, that's God speaking. Because um, he's never going to contradict what, who he is and what he has said. Jesus is probably our, our greatest example. And let me just uh, go through a couple of scriptures where Jesus uh, shows us by example what he did. And if you want to Look up Luke, Luke 5, 16, it says, Yet he frequently withdrew. He frequently withdrew to the wilderness to pray. Matthew 4, 14, 23, After he had sent them away, he went up a mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. He was still there alone. Mark 1, 35, Early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up and slipped out, to a solitary place to pray. I love that he, he, he even makes a way. Like if you're an early morning riser, Jesus said, okay, 
I got up early when, when it was still dark and I spent time with the Father. If, if you're late, he's like, Jesus sent them away and he goes up a mountain by himself and, and he, he's there in the evening. If, if you're one, it's, it's easy for you to, to make time, carve out time. You're, you're a night owl like myself. Then Jesus, that, he shows that example too. Uh, in Luke 6, it says, In those days, Jesus went out to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. So we see Jesus frequently, often, making space. Right? He's making space for the Father. He's making space to hear what, what the Father would say. Because here's what we, we know about Jesus. In, in other places in Scripture, he would say, I only say what I hear the Father is telling me to say. I only do what I hear the Father tell me to do. And that relationship that I have with the Father, where He and I are one, that's, that's what I want with you. And He says, it's better that I go away because I'm sending the Holy Spirit. So that we would also be able to make space, take time away, and hear what God would have to say to us. We'd be able to, to have that relationship like Jesus had with the Father, where He exampled being one with the Father, saying what he heard the Father say, going where he heard the Father say go, doing the things that he heard the Father say do. So we're able to, to pull away. We're able to, to make that space to hear what, what God has to say. Just a few uh, weeks ago, when we were still in Texas, um, I made space uh, for the Father. That was one of the times where I, I was just like, okay, uh, we had, uh, our house was on the market. In fact, when we put our house on the market in March, um, you understand the market in, in Dallas, Fort Worth, you put your house on the market in that weekend, you're going to get multiple offers in, in, in many cases. And, uh, so we put our house on the market on Tuesday. Um, we heard that, you know, there's, there's this thing that's, that's going along in our culture about the coronavirus. And on Thursday, everything shuts down. Uh, so our open house that we had planned for that weekend, um, we, we had one person show up because it is Texas. Um, so we had, we had one person show up to our, our open house and, and, uh, we go a couple months and just showings here and there, but, uh, but not anything on no offers. And we're like, okay, by this time we'd already obviously put our house on the market. So we'd already went into the discussions and, and realized that we were, that God was calling us to, to Renaissance, that God was calling us to move to Illinois. And we were trying to do all the stuff that we needed to do, get our house in order, get it sold so we could, we could get up here. And our house wasn't selling. So that week in May, when everything began to open up in Texas anyway, uh, we started to have showings. In fact, we had 20 showings that week. And so here we are on a Saturday afternoon. We'd had 18 showings by that morning. And, and we're there in the afternoon. We have a couple more showings in the, in that afternoon, later that afternoon. And we, uh, I decided to take some time. I'm just going to make some space. I'm not, I wasn't asking God, uh, God help us to sell our house. I wasn't bringing any needs. I was just, God, I, I just want to make space for you. And and so I just, I actually want to give you just kind of an example of what it looked like. And, and so I just went before the Lord and I just said, God, you're good. God, you are so good. God, you are so loving. God, thank you for your grace, for your mercy. And it was just a time of worship. It was just a time uh, of thanking God for who he was, telling him how great he was. And then I, then I would not say anything. And to be honest, I would fall asleep and then I would wake up and I would, Oh God, you're great. 
God, God, you're so good. You know, and I, I would wake up and I, and then I, then I would leave some space for, for God to speak. And, and, and I thought about it. I'm like, I don't, I don't think God gets upset when we fall asleep in his presence. In fact, I would, I would say that that's probably one of the most restful places that you can be is in the presence of God. And just like when my kids crawl up in my lap, some of them, some of them are too big, but when they crawl up in my lap and, and they're having a conversation with me and, and they have, they, and they fall asleep. I'm not, I'm not mad because my kid is spending time with me and fell asleep in the middle of our conversation. Right. I, that, in fact, that's probably one of the most cherished memories that I have of my kids falling asleep in my lap. And, and so that, that's what was happening with, with me. I was spending time with a father. I was falling asleep. I was, and, and, but one of the, one of the things that I, that I took out of that time was, um, God saying a very specific thing. You're going to sell your house um, this uh, this afternoon. They're going to make an offer, and I want you to accept it. Now, when he said that, and it wasn't audible. It wasn't. I mean, the heavens didn't open, and God didn't say, "You therefore, thou son, shall sell your house." It was just a sense that this afternoon somebody's going to make an offer, and, and we're supposed to accept the offer. Now, the only offer we had on the table at that point was a lowball offer that we we couldn't even entertain, and and so there was a little bit of a hard swallow moment where it's like, God, are you asking me to be super generous? Um, or is this going to be an offer that's really going to bless us and our family? And uh, so I kind of held on to that one and we loaded up the kids and, and uh, uh, took a drive while we were, had the last two showings and we had a showing at, at three 30 and they give us a call and they said, your house, we heard it 18 other times that week. Your house is great, decorated beautifully. Don't worry, you'll sell it. Okay. And then we had that last showing, and that last showing they called and said, your house is the top on our list. We have one more to look at. And it was at that point that I told my wife, I said, I felt like this afternoon God told me that they're going to make an offer and that we're supposed to accept it. And she was, she was kind of like leaning in on the, they're going to make an offer, but then when I said, and we're just supposed to accept it, kind of sight unseen, she's like, oh, because we got to buy a house in Illinois and because we have bills and we, we need, you know, all the, all the questions, all the things. And, and, uh, but we, we had heard the voice of God before and we'd been stretched before and we knew that God was good and that God was our provider. And so we were um, still quite a bit anxious. And so later that night, an offer did come in. It just happened to be above asking. It was above our asking price, and it was an offer that, that was, was going to bless us, and, which was great, but I don't think that's why God spoke to us that, that afternoon, or spoke to me when I was making space. I think the, the reason why he spoke to me is because in this chaotic um, season in, a, in, in our lives and in our culture, we had made a decision to move cross-country. We had made a decision to leave a, a great job and a, a great church, a great community, and moved to Illinois to, uh, to, to be a part of Renaissance, which was great before everything fell apart. And then it's like, God, are you still, like, is this, is this still what you're doing? Because we're not selling our house. And because um, this isn't easy, isn't it? You know, isn't following God and, and when you hear his voice, isn't everything else supposed to line up and be easy? And, and it wasn't being easy. 
We weren't selling our house. And so God speaking that afternoon saying, they're going to make an offer and you're supposed to accept it. For us was this confidence of, you are hearing my voice. Yeah, it hasn't all been easy. And you didn't sell your house right away, but you sold it in my timing. And so it gave us the confidence to know that, yes, even in this chaotic time, when we don't know what all's going on, and we don't know what all else is going to happen in 2020. And you've seen all the memes, right? 2020, what, you know, kind of what's next. And, but it gave us that confidence that we are hearing the voice of God. And so even though what he spoke was about us selling our house, it gave us the confidence that we were, we were hearing his voice. And that's the one thing that, that I want to um, leave you with, is that when you make space for the Father... He gives you boldness like David to face those lions and those bears and those, those giants, right? He gives you peace just like when uh, David would go in and, and, and play his instrument before the king and, and, and bring peace and calm, right? When you make space, he gives you joy. When you make space, he brings answers to maybe some difficult questions that you weren't even asking. When you make space, he's able to, to, to talk to you and the one who you're making space for loves you with an intense love, right? You're that treasure that was hidden in that field, right? You're the apple of his eye, right? He, his thoughts towards you are more numerous than the grains of sand, more, more numerous than the stars in the sky. He loves you with an intense love. Let me, let me pray with you as we close. God, I thank you that you, you love us. God, that you, you created us for relationship. You created us for intimacy. God, and we can come to you and we can make space for you. And you speak to us. You answer questions that we weren't even asking. You give us that boldness. You give us that, uh, that increase in our faith that we need. You give us that joy. You give us that, that sense of peace. God, that you would speak to us about uh, the seasons that we're in. Lord, we thank you that you love us enough to be in relationship with us. And we thank you that Jesus' finished work on the cross was enough to allow us to approach your throne with a freedom and a confidence. God, may we do that more and more. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, let me leave you with a blessing. This is a, a blessing that, that Aaron would, would bless the people with. Um, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and bring you peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Renaissance Podcast. I hope that God has spoken to you through this message and that you're encouraged to continue pursuing him. If you would like to get connected with what's going on here at Renaissance, then find us on social media or visit us online at rindicator.org. Remember to check out the Renaissance Church at Home page for online worship, sermons, and children's programs that are being offered during the COVID-19 outbreak.